your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing What John Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory, and today is episode 37 uh, crazy, it's already episode 37. This thing's been rolling for about eight months at this point. I appreciate the support, uh, especially last week's episode with Nick Dietz. That was an awesome episode. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. But this week, uh, we have the winner of the Bob Sharp Memorial with the Ultimate Super Late Models, Michael Brown from Buford, South Carolina. Uh, he joins us. Uh, just honestly, one of my first times talking to him uh, one-on-one. Uh, I haven't seen him too much of the track this year. Like He talked about kind of scaling back a little bit, kind of racing when he wants to, and uh Seems like he's enjoying it a hell of a lot more and uh, uh, awesome conversation with him. I hope you guys enjoy it. After that, we're going to talk about the big weekend upcoming at Cherokee, uh, Ultimate at Lakeview, Carolina Clash finally going to be back with a Shrine 100, SCDRA and Carolina Sprint Tour up next, and also go over the results from East Lincoln and then what else is going to be running at Carolina Speedway. And uh, also, before we get into the episode, uh, you got, some of you guys probably saw it on social media, but I am now a brand ambassador for Victory Fuel. Uh, you've probably seen them. It's made by uh, Jordan Swindell and Kevin Swindell of Swindell Speed Lab. Uh, after Kevin Swindell was paralyzed uh, some years back, he had to change his diet up and wanted to find a more healthy like alternative for an energy drink, and so they ended up making Victory Fuel. It's an electrolyte-filled, uh, no-caffeine drink that's uh, carbonated. It's in a red and white can. It's a uh, fruit uh, tropical punch flavor that's really good. I uh, ended up having my first one at Eldora during the million, and I loved it. And so i uh, just so thankful for them to come on and uh, be able to help support me a little bit. And if you guys want to support me and Victory Fuel, you can go to drinkvictory.com and use the code DOOMWITCH10. Uh, part of the proceeds or part of the money you spend on that comes back to me, and I appreciate it. I'm going to have some more coming in the next week or so. Uh, so I uh, can't wait to be running around the track wearing some victory fuel stuff i feel like it'd be cool honestly walking like past the swindell speed lab trailer at eldora i was so close to buying a drink victory fuel shirt but you know get my girlfriend a shirt but so <laughs> hey gonna get it either way but i hope you guys enjoy this week's episode and uh let's get into the rest of it today's guest is joining me on the front wheel drive friday hotlines he was the winner of the bob sharp memorial this past weekend at sumter speedway with the ultimate super late model series from buford south carolina michael brown how you doing i'm doing well and yourself uh, pretty good so uh huge win coming off like you said when you talked to tommy after you hopped out the car you said you were tired of losing uh what that win mean to you and your family uh, pretty big win uh, if i'm if i'm not wrong it's your first win since the outlaw win last year it is man it's been a long time the stuff nowadays is just so tough and i've run second a good bit and um it just been just been weighing on me you know heck when you when you're not winning and and you know you can it just it makes it that much worse and you wonder what you're doing wrong and just gets frustrating and man just to just to pull one off right there with with my car or being from something that was just uh that was just the icing on the cake. So I was pretty, I was pretty pumped up. I usually don't get, get too amped up really. I'm usually kind of, kind of laid back. Yeah. That's what I was used to. I was surprised. Uh, surprised. It was cool to see you get that excited and you almost threw your uh, steering wheel on all the way into the grandstands. But <laughs> when you got out of the car, it, it was a really awesome uh, 
fun win. I felt like you had the best car overall. I, I was actually really surprised by it. I was talking to Gray uh, that night after, and he was like, he ended up bringing an old chassis out, and he ended up setting quick time and up getting passed by Adam in the heat race. But I feel like he was a strong contender early in the night, but uh, ended up just being you and Adam at the end of it. You had uh, Corey Gordon coming at you at the end, and then he ended up making a mistake off a of turn four coming to, I believe it was two to go. Uh, did you uh, see Corey coming, and well, did you think there was a chance you could uh, lose that one? Oh. Uh. Man, I felt pretty good, you know. I had a couple people come up to me, you know, after the race said that he was catching me. But if you really go back and look five laps before, you know, before we got the lap traffic, he never really could gain on me. And then once I started seeing lap traffic, I mean, yeah. I just slowed my pace way down because I didn't want to run them down. Because once you run them lap cars down and you have to back your corner up so much, it just gives somebody an opportunity to maybe try and roll you on the outside or try and, you know, make a move that, that they couldn't do if you don't, you know, don't give them the opportunity. So, man, I really don't feel like nobody really had anything for me. You know, just, you know, just honestly, the car was just that good. Um mm -hmm. it just, It's just one of those nights when it's, when it's going your way, it's going your way and, you just roll on with it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really feel no no pressure. Just call was extremely good all night. It definitely seemed that strong with you uh, starting right up in the front and, and pretty much being second the whole beginning part of the race and end up getting past Adam, I believe it was uh, around halfway, I believe it was. But uh, I was looking at the lap times the whole time coming down to it after that final restart um, where it, I, he, I believe it was like about eight, nine tenths. And then it, uh, once you really started stretching away from the pack, it became like 1.1, 1.2. And then that's when he started catching the traffic and it would go down to like seven tenths and five tenths. And then I believe the closest what he got was maybe a car length and a half, two car lengths away. I was actually standing right beside your, uh, sticks guy right on the entrance of one. And I saw, I knew, I knew it was getting serious. And I saw him bang the, bang the baseball bats down, telling you to get, get down. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, he done an excellent job too. You know, kind of signal me, signaling for me, and and let me know what you know what I had going on, and he you know, show me the car number of whoever was behind me and things like mm -hmm. that. So he uh, but, you know, man, those spotters are are huge in this sport anymore. Uh, do you see a time down the road where sticks might get like kind of? Oh, and, well, actual sticks, I know it would go down to, they'd find other ways to do, but you feel like sticks will uh, maybe down the road maybe get banned or like just more discouraged uh, throughout like regional series and national series throughout late mile racing? Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, I use them just because everybody else does, but exactly. I personally, I'm personally not a fan. I just think it's, it should be kind of settled up to us and let us figure out what we need to do and, you know, that's kind of just my take on it, but a lot of people feel different about it. But that's my Bob side. <laughs> that's just that's just my side. I don't. I just think drivers should, you know, handle it and, and no stick signals. Yeah, it, it's interesting to see how different crews and different teams approach it to do it differently. Sometimes you have the guys with the bright orange vest or the uh, yellow vest to be lit up as bright as they possibly can and have the bright. Uh, flashing sticks and everything and then your guy he just had the two neon nerf baseball bats all now i love that that was pretty funny to me <laughs> actually 
yeah, that's uh, that was something that that uh, one of my crew guys, uh, Nick Hardy, actually helps Dalt Wilson now. Okay, uh, he was the one that come up with that idea, and I, I like that's pretty neat. Uh, speaking of Dalton, you think he's going to get his first uh, Lucas win soon, or first like national tour win? I would say he's pretty pretty close. Uh, I mean, man, he's paying his dues, and he's extremely fast everywhere he goes, and. Um, I think it's just a matter of time for for everything falls, you know, falls in his favor um, to put it all together because he's obviously got the talent and the speed. It just, you know, just putting, I mean, it's just so tough. Just putting every, every darn thing together. I mean, you, you keep bringing those fast cars and, you know, obviously with his talent, it's just sooner or later the thing, the cards are going to have to fall in his favor, I would think. Yeah, I do too. There was that stretch uh, about a month ago or so where he was just knocking on the door every single night. It didn't matter if it was a prelim night or he was running top five, top ten in the big shows. I was at Lernerville. Yeah, I was at Lernerville about a month and a half ago, and he was battling right up there for the lead with Max Blair and Devin Moran for one of the prelim night wins. And those are two of the toughest. Like, you might not consider them top five, top ten guys in the nation right now exactly, but those are two of the toughest guys in the business you're going to have to go against. Absolutely. No, I mean, he does a phenomenal job. It just, you know, it just goes to show, like, you know, the talent that comes out of this area. I mean, it's, uh, you know, this area, regardless if it's a you know on a, a regional race mm-hmm. or weekly race, it's just we got really good cars and really good drivers around here. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't matter if it's all the way down to the Crown Vicks and the front wheel drives, all the way up to late models, and even some of the three hundred five sprint car guys are actually around this area. They put on one hell of a show. They uh, they put they uh, work their asses off on their cars just to be able to go to the track and make some laps and hopefully be able to get a trophy in night. And that's, that's what you end up doing, taking the 10,000 uh, home at Sumter. Uh, you got any plans coming up for this weekend? Maybe the uh, maybe a Shrine race at Carolina, maybe the Ultimate race, maybe even Cherokee if you got a little smaller motor put in there. Or I, I don't know what you got in there, but uh, you got any plans for this upcoming weekend? No, I'm going to be off for it again for a while. I um, hadn't really been racing much, kind of like it that way. So we're going to take some time off. Um I know we're going to go, um, you know, go back to Eldora. So okay. I don't know w- what we'll do between there, then and, and there. But um, just kind of, I'm telling you, if anybody knows me, I'm terrible about making plans. I'm more the kind of guy that's like, if my week goes good at work and things are going smooth, I might say, heck with it, I'm a race. Or uh, you just never know with me. But. Um, I'd like to say I'm terrible at making plans. I'm a last-minute kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be me this week in deciding where I want to go. Uh, I'm like, I can't do Shrine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be busy Friday night, but I'm like Lakeview, Cherokee, Lakeview, Cherokee. I don't know which one I'm going to go to, but somebody will find I'm me a, a track somewhere this weekend. That Cherokee race is going to be really interesting. I'm just gonna, uh, I don't even know how many cars are going to be there for it. Maybe 50, 60, probably more. It's a two-, three-day show for 20,000. So you, you might as well just go to Cherokee. Yeah. Uh, I can make your mind up for you. That's the that's gonna be the best. Show. <laughs> I don't know. You kind of get Cherokee out every once in a while. You end up heading up to Gaffney. It's about two hours for me. Not terrible, but you get Cherokee out every once in a while. <laughs> I'm gonna say them crate cars is gonna put on a pretty daggum good show. I agree. So like, it doesn't matter if it's gonna be the hometown guys like uh, Dylan Brown and Steele and 
Rogerio, I know those guys will be in. I know Ross Bales is going to be there. Benji's going to be there. And all the other guys that be following that series from Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia. There's going to be a bunch of guys uh, pulling a long distance just to get there to be able to try to get that 20,000. But uh, going back to your car, I believe that the Sumter race was the second race on this car. I believe it's a pretty new car. Uh, oh, well, no, I kind of I kind of fooled people. So no, okay. I, 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 Cole, I Cole Perkins lied to me. <laughs> well, no, I did fool people. Okay. It, that is the same car that was black, and I put all new body on it okay. right before then, so it matches my brand new car. Okay, is that a new body car? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, right. it, it, I threw everybody off. I changed the body right before then and made it all blue like my new car that yeah. I ran at Lancaster. Oh, um, so the one at Lancaster was the new car. That, the one at Lancaster was brand new. Okay, and that's why I thought this would have been the second race. Okay, you had us fooled. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I just uh, put put a new blue body on the car that had been previously black. Okay. So that's the car you've been running a decent bit of the year so far already, just with a new body on it. Yeah, this a really good car too. I mean, I've been I've had spurts of speed. It just man, that you just got to got to make all the right adjustments at the right time. And, you know, a lot of times that weighs on me pretty heavy because I don't, and if I don't run good, it's because me all the way around. I mean, it, you know, I'm the crew chief and the, the driver. So, I mean, if that car don't, you know, run good, I don't have nobody to blame. I can't say, mm -hmm. well, my crew chief didn't do a good job or this or that. I mean, this is all on me. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand that. Uh, going back to Lancaster a few weeks, uh, do you think anybody, when's, when's going to be the next time somebody knocks Ben off at Lancaster? Um, and I'm going to say he's really, really good on that, that style of racing, um, you know, and he's got the, the best, um, you know, best crew chief in the business. I mean, you know, I drove mm -hmm. Wes's great car for a, yep. for a while and we about couldn't be, be anywhere we went. So with that combination there, you know, with the talent being has and that being his style, you know, it's, it, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's both of our home tracks. I mean, we mm -hmm. live really close to them, but I mean, my style of racing is more of the black, you know, you know, slick drive straight like Sumter or Bulls Gap and Gaffney in the daytime. And I mean, you think back all the times that you see me really shine is on that kind of surface. And when it's usually hammered down and you kind of bend it and send it. And that's more I, Ben style. That's, that's right. Which are, you know, I'm not saying he can't do it on anything else because he certainly can, yeah, but I'm just saying that's, that is up his alley. I mean, he is extremely good, you know, and you look at my track record at Langster, I never qualified good there ever. And the later in the night or at the end of the race, as the track dries out, I'm usually there, you know. Yeah, just, that, that's how it was for that one. That one went, I believe that one went completely green all 40 laps. Uh, Christian Thomas actually uh, out-qualified him there, which I was shocked by that. No, nothing to Christian, but it's just you just know it's going to be Ben usually. But you you came through the field, I believe. Uh, you probably started like what ninth or tenth and got the second that night. Yeah, I had a, I had a really good car there at the end. Yeah, I had a really good car there towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been I've been kind of. That, like Christian Thomas has really popped up on my radar how good he's been in a couple of uh, ultimate shows and a couple other races he's been in so far, picking up two wins. And 
uh, once I saw him, he was, I'm pretty sure he was in his super for Sumter. Once I saw he was in the super rather than the 602, I knew he was going to have a little less luck, I felt like, uh, with having a little bit more wheel spin. But you never know. He could have gone out there and done the same thing he did a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, he's extremely talented, too. I mean, he really he really is. And they come from them uh, smaller tire modified. So, you know, he's good at that kind of that kind of style of racing, you know, keeping your car up underneath you and managing your tires and things like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely look for him to, to have been fast this weekend as well. Uh, this yeah. past weekend, I should have said. Yeah, I was too, and I said he he barely made it into the show and then probably finished about 10th to uh, 15th. I'd have to look at the full results. But, man, that was, uh, that was kind of an interesting uh, podium at Sumter. It had uh, Banjo finishing second, which that's always going to be a fan favorite down there. He's a, he's a local legend down there at this point, and uh, he's a really talented driver in, in that area. He's, you know, he's a really cool guy. And, uh, and then third was Steve Banal, which he kind of got that then with a couple other cars fading a little late then like Corey Gordon but show up Stephen all getting that third there but uh you mentioned that you like day Cherokee compared uh like it's one of your favorite types of like services or race home what's the as someone that's not a driver can you explain like what makes you like Cherokee in the day compared to like in the nighttime just not having grip I, I mean you know don't get me wrong I know it doesn't put on the, the best race or nothing like that but far as you know, how you have to drive your car and how you have to approach the track and, you know, things like that that is more, you know, I guess what I'm getting at for as far as just, you know, definitely not the racing, um, just just more or less. I tend to shine more when the tracks don't have grip and, you know, you have to, you know, drive differently and you have to, to, to make mechanical grip in your race car and mm. things like that. Um, you know, I just tend to, to do a little bit better, um, which I'm, I'm full, you know, full rocket, you know, XR1 guy, you know, kind of look at the results around here. There's not very many of us around no, in this isn't. area. Um, and, and that, that kind of goes back to what we're talking about is, um, those cars are a little bit better when it's dry, you know, versus when it's, you know, hammered down, you know wet bend it and send it kind of deal kind of thinking like it, I, I, that might be kind of made me kind of think like nationally like compared to like which chassis kind of wins on what type of surfaces and do you think that kind of goes up nationally where you think rockets maybe work a little bit better in it on a dry slick type surface compared to like a more uh wet track with more grip in it maybe a long horn or a different chassis works better on those types of tracks or do you think that's kind of more just to more thing that you just feel or un understand no i mean I, I agree with that um you know and to i have to take up for them in a sense that like i i mean i really think that um you know i think the reason longhorn looks good right now is just for the the simple fact that they have all the drivers i mean i just feel like if if the roles were reversed right now and all of a sudden we switched up and all your drivers that are in longhorns or in rockets right now you'd have the same results you have the same ones winning it's just right now you know right now longhorns got all the best drivers i mean right. and that's just that's just the, that's the you know a fact i mean and there's been a lot of switches back and forth over the past year, especially nationally and even regionally, I feel like, too. Where, like, 
there would be some people like a um, like a Jimmy Owens. He'll switch and then not like it and then go right back. It's definitely a different driving style. I mean, I've had a long horn and um, just didn't didn't really didn't really suit me very well. And you know, I, I think I think that's been some of Shep's problems. And I do too. I mean, just certain people like a certain feel, and um, you know, you know, well, you know, to kind of explain it, the people is a, a rocket has a lot more, you know, right rear feel in the car, and it's more right rear stuck than what you're gonna feel in a lot in a Longhorn. Um, and, and some people can adjust to that, and some some aren't comfortable. Uh, and I just seem to be one that just, you know just wasn't comfortable i like to be you know like to feel a little more secure on entry than um you know a little you know didn't like being tailed out um as much as as i was when i ran those cars um but that's just some of the things that you feel difference between the two yeah i i haven't really tried to think that deep into before that really kind of opened up how i kind of i'm kind of going to be viewing them a little bit differently uh, because because it's really interesting to kind of get into the weeds like that a little bit when it comes to the uh comes to the chassis especially between the rocket and longhorn because those are tough, definitely the two big dogs you got all the other ones that are just trying to catch up honestly the capitals the Barry Wrights, everybody else everybody's just trying to play catch with those two and it's hard when you have two bigger groups just dominating everything when you have two strong groups like leading them like rumley arpin everybody that's running longhorn and then uh and then richards and everybody that's running uh uh running rocket it's just hard to keep up when you have two that two strong groups in each side kind of going against each other and having all the best drivers like you're saying it's hard for them to compete it truly is it really is Um, going back to like last year, you were able to pick up the World of Outlaws win at Cherokee. Is that win still kind of like in the back of your mind, still kind of running off a little bit of high off of that, or uh, just overall, what were your thoughts about the win still last year since we didn't talk talk to you back then? Yeah, I mean that was uh, definitely a highlight of my career. You know, anybody that that does this, you know, uh, you know, always wants to win it the highest level you know and it was just kind of one of those wins to where i guess you can almost look at it as if i didn't win another race at least i can say you know something they can never take away from me is you know somebody from a small town that you know races out of his garage don't race for a living um you know didn't have a crew chief anything like that one uh you know won a national touring race so you know granted it was at my home track but or one of my home oh, tracks, no. I guess you could, you know, you should say, uh, in my area, yeah. uh, you know, but I mean, it was still, you know, still a really big win, uh, you know, for me and definitely one I'll never forget. Yeah. I, I remember that night watching on dirt vision, just yelling my butt off for you. Cause I'm like, that's one, that's one of our local guys. I want him to win this. And, uh, I think it makes it even more special that Rick Ashelman was on the call for it too. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I love Ruben, but I miss Rick. Rick was, Rick was just special. Yeah, I always take my dog to the racetrack. He's my crew chief. That's what we call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time, 
every single time I always took him to peel draw and, and Rick always had treats to give him. And that was, that was really special. It's good to see uh, Hannah Newhouse still doing the World of Outpaws thing a little bit here and there, posting it just to keep the memory of Rick uh, Rick alive. And he's a uh, uh, random, random little off thing, but a great episode of uh, Kyle Armstrong's podcast for a bite from, uh, yeah, about three, four months ago. He had Ozzy Altman and Rick's son on the podcast, and that was really, really good episode, just telling stories about uh, – women mud uh jello wrestling fights him wanting to put jello wrestling fights in the infield during intermission and stuff it yeah he, he was truly a special character he was man he uh i'll tell you it was it was a uh, really really cool to see how much he loved my dog uh before we get out of here you have anything else you want to talk about anybody else before i ask you to thank your sponsor and everybody helps you out no man i'm 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 here for you. Anything, any questions you got, I'll be glad to help them. Any answer them any way I can. Uh, how did uh, racing just start in general for you? Do you have family in it? Do you kind of just find yourself in it? Just how did racing, especially in late models, really start for you back in the day? Um, so I got started racing. Um, my dad actually started the the Mike's transmission that I you know that I own now. Um, and long story short, he. He'd done a transmission repair on a guy's pickup truck that had a go-kart in the back of it. And uh, long story short, he just uh, said, man, you, you need to bring your boy out here to, to watch us race. And anyways, they took me. Uh, my dad never been around racing, never had nothing to do with it, never had no interest in it. And uh, we went to a local go-kart track and man the rest was history that guy let me drive his go-kart and i had to have one and that was when i was four and man up until really really this year it's when i've kind of slowed down you know the most i've raced you know and i raced go-karts legends cars bandoleros um just just about anything you can think four cylinders v8 i just it's been in me ever since and um you know, I got out of racing again for a while around 2014, uh, and I worked for Hendrick Motorsports, and I was an engine tuner out on the road um, on trucks first, and then expanded, and I moved my way up the cup, and uh, done that for a while, and uh, then that kind of kind of got the bug to, to race on the off weekends when cup wasn't racing which is very few far in between and uh man i picked back up started started winning and was able to apply some of the things i learned you know in the from hendrick and build some pretty cool stuff on my cars and could kick their butt pretty good and it just got me back going and mm-hmm. Long story short, I started helping uh, Mark McLeod, who is my car owner now, and uh, he was driving, and I was just helping him, and he had a crate and a super one night at Modoc, and uh, middle of summer, somewhere, sometime around right now, hot as you know what, and uh, he said, uh, they say you can drive, young man. I said, yes, sir, I can, you know, just just biting at the bullet for that opportunity, you know, I didn't want him to. I didn't want to sound cocky, but I didn't want to sound scared either. You know, I jumped right off. Yes, sir, I can. And uh, he said, well, I was just expecting him to maybe put me in his crate car. Like I said, he had a crate and a super there. He put you in and the super? 
he put me in a super. Never drove one. I mean, and uh, you know, I took his took care of his car. I ain't set the wall on fire, do nothing spectacular, but I took care of his race car and kept it in one piece. And rest is history. I've been driving it ever since. And he quit. And I mean, shoot, he's he's uh, stepped up in a major way. I mean, I have the best equipment, you know, money can buy for sure. I mean, I don't have nothing to complain about. You still race that same car now, or is that just the old car that got phased out? We done totaled every no, one of them. Yeah, true. <laughs> I totaled one at uh, Lawrence at the Shrine race, one of them Tuesday night Shrine races, uh-huh. to give me a concussion, put me out a couple months. Wasn't very fun. After I got home from Sumter, probably around like 11 or so, uh, Saturday night, I went to check on MRP to see how Lawrence was doing <laughs> for their uh, – uh, Lambert Memorial, and they had just finished their first feature. They're still in their second feature. I don't even know what – I don't think they got done until 2, 2.30 a.m. this uh, Sunday morning. That is not for me. I'm a, I'm an early bird. Yeah, I, I am too at this point how how my work schedule is, is these days. I don't mind the late night sometimes, but if there's a bunch of waiting around and just a bunch of BS, I'm not up with it. <laughs> I was uh, – uh, I don't think you were there, but when Ultimate was at Fayetteville uh, about, a, yeah, about a month and a half ago, they ended up not having the super feature roll on track until about 12, 12.15-ish, and then they didn't get the feature over until 1.15 because Jeff monster trucked and helped flip uh, Dustin Mitchell up in turn two of the first lap. But no, I, I texted Cole. I'm like, man, that's a hostage situation. He's like, I know what I, I, know what I signed myself up for. Yeah, I remember watching that. I definitely, definitely was so glad I didn't go there. Yeah, me too. I was working that whole weekend straight through. I was working Saturday and that Sunday, and I was like, yeah, I could do it. I got off at like 4, 5 o'clock that, uh, that Saturday. I was like, I can make that two-and-a-half-hour trip to make it back. I'll get home at like – maybe if they get done around 11 midnight, I'll get home at like 2.30. I'll, I'll still be okay if for work. I'll be okay. I've done, I did that with Cherokee a couple weeks ago. And then I, once I, when I was about to go to bed and I saw they were starting to feature, I'm like, no, I'm not making this. Uh, I'm glad I didn't go. But that, that's just a part of it sometimes. And I understand not being a fan of it, but uh, I, I enjoyed the whole Grassy Smith with uh, having all the cars lined up on the front stretch and all the out-of-car out of driver intros and stuff. That became a long night, too, because of that and a couple of wrecks in the support divisions. Yes, sir. Shoot you, yeah, man. But yeah, uh, I, I, somebody had told me you'd work at Hendrick. Your, your story kind of reminds me uh, of George Laux. He's a Carolina Sprint Tour driver that he used to work for on the road with Casey Kane racing for Brad Sweet. And uh, now he's working for Tricon in the truck series and just racing a sprint car on, uh, on the weekends when he can. Uh, any, any cool Hendrick stories or any just uh, fun times from that era when you were working there? Is all all of them was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I just had really, really, really good crew chiefs that, that helped me out, and um, definitely, definitely a good time in my life. I I learned a lot from that. Learned a lot about being a true racer because uh, man, he's a lot. Of, these guys think this kind of stuff's hard. That's no. a lot of work. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, anybody like notable or anybody, any name, anybody would recognize you worked for or worked under or anything? Yeah, I was Jimmy Johnson's engine tuner there for a while. Um, the 
Kyle Larson, like his first truck race at Homestead. Okay. I tuned. Um, we didn't win it, but I was his tuner on that 32 Clorox truck at Eldora when he ran second. Yep, 10 years ago yesterday. Yep, he, uh, we won tech. I, he was driving the 42 uh, Enios uh, Ganassi car at Texas, and, uh, and we won, and that was the engine tuner. He was he was probably the, the coolest to work with. I mean, I know it seems cliche with him racing dirt and everybody kind of loving him, but he was just, uh, you know, he's just the kind of driver you want, man. He don't take no for an answer. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that's real. And truly, I think what sets him aside more than anybody. Like, I know a lot of guys say they'll do, but he literally lives, sleeps, and breathes and does whatever it takes to win. Yes, he does. Yeah, he really is. He truly is one. He's I, I, he's this era's AJ Foyt, Tony Stewart, who, whoever you want to care, compare him to. He's that. Like, I mean, that Michigan race today got postponed to today and then he ran the last 250 miles or whatever it was of that and then hopped on a plane to go to uh southern iowa for the sprint car race tonight to get ready for knoxville nationals and that's just a different different level of passion and commitment to the sport and just wanting to be behind the wheel of something and just go out there and try to win yeah he's 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 the man well uh, we've had an awesome time talking on here. It's been awesome to really learn more about you and story and just how racing's been this year, slowing down a little bit, all that stuff. You got uh, any, anybody you want to thank? Any of your sponsors? Anybody, anybody before we get out of here? Yeah, I'd like to thank Mark McLeod, um, Black Crest Farms, Piggly Wiggly, uh, Mike's Transmission, Crescent Moon Forest, Forestry and Pools. Um, I'd like to thank Fox Racing Shots, Clements Automotive, Racing Engines. Um, Rocket Chassis, uh, Hoosier Tire South by Brian. Um, just everybody makes that my deal go round. Couldn't do it without them, and I appreciate them all. Awesome. You got an awesome, you got an awesome group behind you. It was awesome to see you win uh, Sumter, win the Big 10K, uh, whip everybody's butts there on Saturday night, and hopefully I'll see you down, uh, down the road at a track sometime soon. Sounds good, man. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate it. Have a good one. Uh-huh. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Michael. Uh, really awesome interview. I felt like I felt like I said that before, but I really enjoyed it. He was really cool. Uh, I uh, it was cool to find out a little bit more about his time at Hendrick and him scaling back and how he kind of duped us, thinking it was the new car at Sumter. But yeah, let's get into the rest of the results. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions of who you guys want to have on the show uh, coming up soon. Uh, leave me suggestions, comment on uh, social media or anything, send me a message who you want to see on. I'm honestly down to have anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a driver, a fan, media person, a uh, fellow podcaster, series official, series owner. Uh, I'm not afraid to reach out to anybody and uh, see if they want to come on. If that's what the fans and what people that enjoy listening to the show want to do, that's what I'm going to do. So. Uh, to finish up talking about Sumter and the Bob Sharp Memorial, I'm going to just go over the whole night. Uh, I thought it was a fun night. The atmosphere at Sumter was the best I've ever seen it, being honest. Uh, and yeah, it was a very fun evening. Uh, they had qualifying hot laps, obviously. Uh, they had three heats, six locked in from each heat, and then had a B feature where they took four and then two provisionals. So I believe it ended up being a 24-car field. And uh, hot laps... Let me get the actual results here. 
Sorry about that. Uh, hot laps, it was Steve Benal uh, with the time of 15.465. Michael Brown was second. Qualifying, it was our boyfriend of the show, Gray Parton, at the top of the, bar, top of the board with a 15.123. Right behind him was Michael Brown, Banjo Duke, and Adam Yarbrough, all within like a half a tenth, which super close field. Like To get back to half a second, uh, you pretty much have to go all the way back to 16, 16th with Rambo with a 15.6. So really tight field. Uh, and even on that smaller track, that's really tight. I feel like half a second still... Uh, really close for the field. But uh, let's go through those heats. Uh, the winners were Adam Yarborough. He started on the pole. Michael Brown started second. And then third was Banjo Duke. And we'll, uh, the B-Main. B-Main was won by Gavin Cowan. And the other transfers were Dalton Hodge and Doug Sanders and Kevin Godwin. Good to see Kevin Godwin making the trip from Blythewood. Uh, let's go over that 50-lap feature. Uh, let's see who... I know uh, Doug Sanders was a provisional, I believe, and so was Josh Richardson. But I'm just going to run through the top ten. Michael Brown, Banjo Duke, Steve Benall, Justin Mintz, Anthony Sanders, Ben Watkins, Kale Green, Jeff Smith 8th, Christian Thomas ninth, and ran out of the top ten after having a pop tire was Adam Yarborough. Uh, other notables, Willie Milliken 13th. Corey Gordon uh, pulled off with two to go after competing for the win. He was in second and ended up finishing 16th. Uh, Gray fell down to 19th after a pop tire and then just couldn't get a handle of it and pulled off. Uh, talked to him. He was running an older chassis, and he was really liking it. He might uh, stay running that for a little bit, see how it's going. Uh, Jordy Nipper, 20th. David Yandel, 23rd. And Doug Sanders, last, and 24th. But, yeah, upcoming next for the Ultimate Super Late Models is going to be coming back to Lakeview Motor Speedway for the second time this season. And after this, they have two more races currently on the schedule. I don't know if any more are going to be playing or putting on because uh, it doesn't look like uh, Little River Modoc is going to be happening in September. I haven't heard anything official yet, but uh, just a little over a month away, and we haven't heard a thing about it. That kind of has the writing on the wall, being honest. Uh, if Kelly or anybody wants to clarify with me if it is happening somehow, I would love that news. I really would. Uh, that's another track close to me I would enjoy to go to again. But after Lakeview, next weekend, obviously going to be the SCDRA Ultimate Combo Race at Rome. 5000 a win for each. Uh, my plan is currently be there. Uh, it's looking like I will be. And after that, they're going to be at the former Friendship Motor Speedway, now renamed into the Ultimate Motorsports Park Racing for 7500 a win on August 26th. Uh, I am going to pull up their points real quick, uh, but while we do that, uh, I think Ultimate has really had a strong rebound this year, uh, kind of taken over the momentum that I feel like Carolina Clash had at the beginning of the year with all their races, and I'm going to see if they have their upgraded points, which they should. They're usually good about that. Okay, your points leader with 232 points with a 10-point lead is still Big A Anthony Sanders. Second with 222 is Rambo Franklin. Third, Willie Milliken. Fourth, Ben Watkins. Fifth, Christian Thomas. Sixth, Greg Clark. Seventh, David Yandel. And those look like the only ones that have completed everything but like one or two races. Eighth is Ethan Wilson, but he hasn't competed since Fayetteville. And to my knowledge, he still does not have a ride uh, Ethan, if you, I, I know this is like calling out like multiple times in a row or whatever. Ethan, if you uh, want to come on the podcast, talk about anything, just 
Let me know, brother. <laughs> uh, other notable names down here. Let's see. Uh, no full-timers at any below that. But uh, it seems like it's going to be a good points battle between Anthony Sanders and uh, Rambo. Uh, Willie could make a charge here at the end, honestly. Those are the only three that have made all all the starts so far. I'm trying to count how many. That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And nobody on this list at all has done the two bonus races for the Heart, uh, Heart of America. That was at Paragon of Clarksville. But I think that's enough of Ultimate. You guys already know what's going on. But going on the night before Lakeview, like it was last year, is the Shrine 100 with the Carolina Class Super Late Models making their return. Uh, like I've said recently, their last race was April 29th at Halifax Motor Speedway, Halifax County Motor Speedway, excuse me. And that was won by Dustin Mitchell. They've had plenty of rainouts and some scheduling conflicts and stuff. And uh, just being honest, I still honestly couldn't find any hard reasoning why the one from August 4th was canceled. And I don't feel like I will at this point because it's already in the past. But I'm going to let that go at this point. Uh, at Carolina Speedway, along with them, they didn't have any races this past weekend, get, just getting ready for it. Carolina Clash will be there. Open Wheel Modifieds, Thunder Sportsman, Thunder Bomber, Pro 4, Ford Outlaws, and Hornets. Stands are going to be 25, pits 35, and gates will open at 430. Unfortunately, I am not going to be making it there Friday night. Uh, seeing if there's anything else about it. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll mention the Bam Street Stock. Uh, let me read back over this real quick. So the Bam Street Stock Battle Royal is going to be back for its fifth year at Carolina Speedway. And that's going to be uh, September 14th through the 16th. 14th is going to be open practice. 15th is going to be qualifying and heats. Uh, and then 60 lap, 10,000 win main event with last chance race and non-qualifiers. Uh, 500 win non-qualifier race, heat races, 300 start. Uh, awesome event. I, I definitely plan to make it. Oh, wait, never mind. I won't be in time. A good chance I'll be at Talladega for SCDRA. But if I end up not making it out to Alabama, yeah, that definitely seems like it'd be a good show for me to make it up for. But that's enough with Carolina Speedway. Uh, let's see what else we got. We've gone over our late models. Our bang bangers already went over them with SCDRA. They're going to be at Rome next weekend, the 18th and the 19th, their usual two-day show. Practice, first round qualifying Friday, and then everything else Saturday. And, yeah, that leaves it to the Carolina Sprint Tour. Their next event is going to be next weekend, August 19th, at Lawrence County Speedway. And we'll just go ahead and cover Cherokee since they got a lot happening this weekend and had a regular event come up. Obviously, if you want more info on Cherokee and more interviews from drivers that race there regularly and just more detailed results, check out William Richards' podcast, Cherokee Chatter. You can find it also on uh, all streaming platforms. Uh, he does really good in-depth analysis of everything. Just let you know what's happened to the place your mom warned you about. Shout out to Will. So, this weekend, they have the 10th through the 12th. It's going to be open practice. And then, let me see if I can find a more detailed thing on their page real quick. Sorry about that. Because they, uh... Okay, here it is. Friday is going to be night one with the American All-Star Late Mall Series. This event on Saturday will be paying 20000 to win. And on Friday, it will be the American All-Star 604s with Pure Stock Extreme 4. Uh, let's see, the Crown Vic and Young Gun V8. 
Uh, for the two-day pass, it's going to be 70 bucks for the pits, and for the stands, it will be 35 If you're a veteran, you get 5 bucks off. Kids 12 and younger will be free. And then Saturday will be the 604 American All-Star Late Models, and uh, A main, B main, non-qualifier race. If they have over 50 cars, they will. I, I really feel like they will. And the MMSA, Monster Mini Stocks, will be in town for 1500 602 Open Wheel Modifieds, Mid-East Rolls will be run for 1200 J&H Service Thunder Bombers, 1000 with stands being 25 pits, 40. Obviously, you get that two-day pass if you're going to make it both nights. Uh, hot laps will be at 720 both days. So the Summer South Twi uh, Twizzler Sizzler will be this weekend at Cherokee. There's a chance I'll be there. We're just going to see what I'm feeling. I feel like that will be an amazing show. It would be really, it's going to be really intense. I feel like. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I will quickly go over the results from Saturday night at the place your mom warned you about. I'm just going to go over the winners. Uh, vintage Cars winner was Mont Gullage. Renegade Sports Mill was Timmy Smith. Streak Stocks was won by Caleb McLaughlin. 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 McLaughlin? <laughs> How are you say your name? Congrats. Teddy Musgrave picked up the win in 604s. Thunder Bomber was Luke Doggett. He still has a bounty on his head. I reckon they'll still be going on this upcoming weekend. Extreme 4 was won by Dale Bennett. Crown Vicks, Adam Piercy, and Pure Stock. Another victory by Mickey Brock. Jumping over to the bull ring of East Lincoln Speedway. They had some good, they had a good bit of stuff going on this past weekend. They had a kind of scary flip in the in the front wheel drive division if you want to see that video i shared it from mike stacy he was right right behind that car went flip barely touched him great avoidance by him and a great race in the pro fours watch back uh, if you want to watch any of the videos of the races at east Lincoln speedway pretty much all of them are on brooks sigmon's uh youtube channel uh sigmon is spelled s-i-g-m-o-n uh, she pretty much has all the heats all the mains at East Lincoln. It's very helpful me to uh, catch up and really know what's going on more than just looking at the results when uh, I don't make it up there often at all. But uh, I'm going to just run over that. Renegades was won by, guess who, Paul Visage. Pro 4 was won by Kyle Truitt. They haven't seen him in this division for a long time, uh, but uh, our boy Cody Verbose was second to him. And uh, Truett went 14th to first, which that's really impressive. I don't care who it is, what track, it, like anything can happen coming through a field like that. Cody came from 11th to 2nd. Uh, uh, Jerry Oliver fell back a little bit. Randy Palser on the pole fell back to 5th. They had a good, strong 19-car field. And I don't even think it was that much of a special event. And so uh, congrats to Kyle Truett. Thunder Bombers was won by Justin Truett. Uh, he won over Alex Pietro and... Dustin Thompson. Front wheel drive was Mike Stacy, who went after uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the double zero M of Jeremiah Moore flipped like late in the event. I think it was like two or three laps to go. He flipped and handed over the lead to Mike Stacy, who took home the win. Powder Puff was won by Samantha White. Uh, Pure Stock V8 was won by Chris Stowe. I'm going to look at their points real quick and just kind of list that off at all see what that's looking like i think these are updated because i know they had a little bit of double point stuff that was looking a little weird paul visage has point lead over dylan sigmon cody verbose has lead over jerry oliver tony paladino leading and thunder bombers 
Alan Wyatt leads over Brandon Bond in front-wheel drive. Bentley Cottle is your next-gen kids point leader. Samantha Wyatt leads Lindsey Dyer in powder puff. Ellis Brents is Dylan Thrower. Our boy Zig Ziglar in second. Pure Stock V8, Chandler Barker. And Enduro, Kyle Moore. I don't know how many more events they have for the Enduros, but uh, what do they have upcoming this weekend? Because I know they have an event. They will have the LS Sprints back on the program. It's going to be all their regular shows. Uh, actually, it's going to be their front wheel, all dri- uh, all front wheel drive all-stars event. Well, they'll be having a non-winner's race to be able to get into the main event. Uh, you see more about that on the East Lincoln Facebook page. That's going to be the Renegades, Pro 4, Thunder Bombers, Next Gen Kids, LS Sprints, Pure Stock V8, and the front wheel drive all-star event. Uh, I think it will be a good show there. There's just so much more going on around the whole area, so... It uh, doesn't matter if you're in person or having to watch something online. Uh, something for everybody in the area. So go support your local track, even if you're not in the area. If you are, please try to make it a one of the one of the big events, whether it's a historic event like the Shrine 100 at Carolina Speedway, or it is the big 20,000 win at Cherokee. Uh, go support these tracks. Go see some badass racing. And I think it's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. I appreciate you guys coming back. Uh, don't forget to follow Doing Much on Dirt on all the social medias. I should have the t-shirts done in the in the next week. I have them in the next week or so. So if you want any t-shirts, uh, anything, or any requests for any merchandise or anything, I should get koozies, uh, more hats, t- uh, not t-shirts, I guess I got those made, uh, stickers, anything, just let me know. Uh, if you guys want it, I'll get it. But yeah, I think that's, I'm going to wrap that up for episode 37. Uh, don't forget to follow Doomwich on Dirt on all the social medias. Uh, go to drinkvictory.com. Use the code Doomwich if you end up getting some of the Victory Fuel or any of their merchandise or anything. Uh, it goes a long way, and I really appreciate them hopping on. Uh, obviously, always shout out to Kyle of Front Wheel Drive Friday. Hashtag check your safety, and I hope you guys have a great week. Have a good one.